This is the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We're coming to you nationwide. We are coming to you worldwide on the Sideshow Network. It's Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and here's your host, radio and comedy legend. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jim Cren. This is Jim Cren No Restrictions. Thank you so much. For downloading and streaming, we appreciate it. Of course, like give a shout out behind the scenes, Dave Settlemeyer and Frank Mergia, Josh Folio, and of course Wayne Wow, who's right here putting everything together. Actually, keeping us on the air, and of course my partners in crime, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and Mike Wysocki. We're at Talent Network Studios, hanging out, and we're talking about Christmas movies off the air. We might as well bring them on the air and talk a little bit since it is that time of year. And my favorite, of course, vacation. I like vac- Christmas Vacation. Might be my favorite. I have to watch it all the time. I like a Christmas story, Ralphie, just because it just reminds me. I actually saw that one in the theater. Believe it or not, when it first came out, it wasn't a huge hit at all. Caught on later, and that's what we were talking about. The movies that caught on later. And one thing was Mike Wysocki's. I didn't know It's a Wonderful Life was a bomb at the box office. Yeah, it, it wound up losing money losing at the box money. office. They I didn't just, know that it was just kind of. a just it, it didn't huh. catch on until like the seventies when they would release uh movies for free. Like you didn't have to pay to run It's a Wonderful Life. So that so people would just run it left and right all the time. Really? And then it didn't really catch on until the seventies. I rewatched it again. It's it's all right. It's just Jimmy Stewart's so likable, that's what keeps you in the movie. It's okay. It's okay, but it's it I, I, me I to me it's like Jimmy Stewart's so good that I'll stick with this. It's just such an old-time movie, though, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the charm with the angel and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The old guy saves him, whatever, from drowning. And, and he's like, you know. It's just like the old-time lines. It just made me laugh. It is. I know. And people th- and they people thought, too, that it was like uh, communists were, had infiltrated it because of Mr. Potter. Like that, he was vilified as being a bad guy, and that's like communists are involved. He's an evil banker. <laughs> He's a commie. That's what he is. A communist, Mister Potter. He was a Donald Trump. He was. I know he was. Listen, I loaned you money. You can't pay it back. <laughs> I'm gonna foreclose. You're a loser. Your dad's a loser. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna foreclose because you're a loser. You Wait, I, I can't remember the, even a, the plot for this. What was the plot again? I, Mike, of you, what? It's a wonderful like What was it? I mean, I he kinda, was. A, he was. A, I mean, was it bank loan or something? Yeah, he Did, was like it, a competing mortgage, whatever. Was then it he a had Ponzi to, thing? Well, he gave money to a, like I guess somebody that worked at the place, and he like lost it, and Mister Potter kind of found it and kept it, and mm-hmm. so then they weren't going to make their their bills. And so he sat there and like I ruined. It? How did George lose it? George was I, like, Jimmy Stewart. One right? of it, one of his assistants was going to make a deposit into the bank, okay. and then he ran into Mister Potter yeah. holding a newspaper, and he accidentally got mixed up in the newspaper. And Potter saw the money, shut the door, and just closed it and kept it. What a fuck up! So the uh, yeah. yeah yeah he yeah. let him have it. Jimmy Stewart let him have it too. He was just shaking him around, threatening to punch him. The guy lost the money? So the savings alone was just like everyone in the town was trying to use that as their bank because the Mr. Potter owned everything else in town, and he, he eventually Trump. wanted yeah. to take over the bank, too. 
Potter didn't own the bank yet? Not yet, but he had his eyes set on it. Ah. But he owned everything else in town but that. So that was the last hole. Now, Jimmy the- Stewart's body or something screwed up the money? Yeah, some uh, his relative that worked for the savings and loan bank. I think really? It was his uncle. Yeah. His uncle? Yeah, screwed it all up. Did Jimmy Stewart punch him? He almost punched him. He grabbed him by the chest really? and threatened to punch him at one point. Yeah, it's pretty funny. What the fuck you doing? <laughs> you fucked you it lost up. my money, asshole. <laughs> that would have been a better line. Probably should have did it that way. Yeah, he should made have. money. The, mo- the modern retelling would have that. Would have just a five-minute yeah. ass-whooping scene of the idiot <laughs> who'd lost all of the money. Yeah. Pacino would be Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you crazy? <laughs> Tony Danza lost Shit the it. Look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Yeah. It was a mistake. <laughs> Mr. Potter took it. I didn't do it. I'm not a thief. Mr. Potter took it. Money. I don't know. It was a bag. It don't hit me. He had two bags. And that's they it. looked identical. And that's the point of the whole... At the end of the movie, the whole thing is the whole town gets together and gives him more money. Mm-hmm. So that's... So then no one Moral. asks what happened to the other money. But yeah, I know. <laughs> Moral story is Matthew McConaughey just keep living, man. Yeah. Don't worry open about the money. Your, open up your soul and your spirit. Money will come in. That's right. The phone's now ringing. And that Wayne, reminds me. Wayne's, Wayne's got his loans. He's, he's, his loans. I know. He's <laughs> calling him in. He's a call. The calls are coming in Someone's on Wayne. going to break his And ankles. that reminds me of one of the, the, the best married with children's ever. When Al, when Sam Kennison was on the episode and he was his guardian angel and he showed Al what life would be like if oh, he was never born uh, and it was way better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that one's <laughs> but It was just hilarious. Sam Kennison's like, everything sucks with you. <gasps> you know, it's funny. It's, it's, it's when you think about It's a Wonderful Life and they're dealing with suicide, man. It's not, you know, it's really serious, serious, serious subject. It, there's a, there was a study I remember reading. And uh, the, the the people that I don't know the exact number. Forgive me if I'm wrong on the number, but this actually is true if you look it up. Even that there was a certain amount of certain amount of people that jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. If you ever been to San Francisco, you walk the the Gate Bridge, which many do, and I did a couple times. My buddy Kenny lives out there, so there's certain areas of it where people jumped and happened to live because it's not maybe as high, whatever. So. These people, though, were examined by psychologists, and every one of them, there was like five or six that lived from the jump, and every one of them said that on the way after they jumped, it was like their problems they felt they could have worked out. Everyone. On the way down? Yeah. Ah, oh, I should have felt this. it was. They felt it wasn't like what, you know, hey, this could, what did I do? This problem could be worked out. It's not, all of a sudden, whatever the problem was, it was manageable at that point. When, and they lived, these people, that, that they said, every one of them. It's kind of an interesting, there's like five or six, they said a certain amount, it's a handful, mm-hmm. but they believe that. I got to believe that's that. got to be the same emotion when someone gets a tattoo with like the the girl's thing, whatever. It's like, is this really the one? Because yeah. I'm really, because I, is Cheryl really the one right yeah. now? <laughs> Better be. <laughs> Yeah, I watched the documentary on that. Did you see that? There's Is that a, right? I read it. So there's a documentary. On there's a video that this guy set up a camera at the okay. Golden State Bridge in, in and documented over days. No, he just watched. Oh, watched jump. people doing it. He watched really? Jump. Yeah, oh there's my! A, there's a video. Anyone live? Some of them live. 
Yeah, I, I think I don't know. I think <laughs> like what no, kind so, of snuff so, films are you watching? <laughs> is that the one where they had Van Halen's jump to it and no, everything? No, like they no, edited no. it together. Did they, did they Might as well jump. No. Where, where are you getting <laughs> these <laughs> times just right? <laughs> Can't you see me standing here? No, I got uh, <laughs> some of them. No, some of them did. Like there was a guy who there was some, um, he jumped, and he's like yeah. one of the only people to ever survive it. And he was, well, like, bragging was only five about or six. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he jumped on the other end and he said he was on a field trip and he kind of wanted to show off, but kind of wanted to kill himself at the same time. Really? A double, was, it's a double. Double. Like, double I guess whammy. he thought he would win by killing himself, but being the coolest dude to jump off the bridge at the same time. I think it's a double. Like, use it yeah. as an excuse. Sure. So he jumped, well, but he with, jumped on the end, um, yeah, the end the one, of the bridge. That's the one lower. where I said there's five or six that could, that could survive. Live. Well, he lived, got himself healthy, and then jumped again and killed himself. Really? Oh. People said they're drawn to that bridge to to die. Well, it's historic. It's it's a legend. Maybe they want to give their legend. I don't know. There's, Who knows? there's it's a, so many people. It's a, something people. It's a mystery to people why they do that. We all. It's we've all been touched by it. Someone knows someone or someone. I have friends and people I've known have done that and relative. Really, it's it's. So one of those subjects, man. <clears throat> you know, I know it's a comedy show. We don't want to talk about get into that but still it's part of life and there's that um, is part of life in a weird way there's a bridge at uh william and mary the mm -hmm. william and mary out in virginia yeah that they actually say that like during finals is like famous for people that if they're not doing well and they fail their finals really? they jump they off jump off the bridge to kill themselves yeah and so my my buddy went wow. to william and mary to play football and i talked talk to him about the bridge i said i go did they show you the bridge they go oh with pride they said this is this is where with with, they go. Yeah, this is where this if is you're where not good they... enough, you this is where you go. Wow. <laughs> That's so crazy. And there's good enough. There's Jeez. students at William and Mary. It's the second oldest university in the entire country. Like it's there's some to prestige there, to that. It's yeah, it's not school. easy. You don't just walk into it. Wow. Mike Tomlin went there. John Stewart went there. It's just a, it's just one of those things where, like I said, the the five or six that survived the Golden Gate Bridge problems aren't that big. It wasn't that. Big of a like they they all said it. I think it's higher than most bridges. It's a long That's way a down. It's a huge, bridges it's a huge bridge, yeah. and then into that choppy water too. There's pretty much no chance there for survival. But I guess a few people made it. Yeah, well, they did. Yeah, there's like five or six. You have to look it up, Mike. There's, there's a few made it. It's uh, yeah. That's it's strange. You guys see the it's video strange. on YouTube? I, yeah? yeah. Is that from the movie you're I'll talking about? Yeah. It's it's. I think it's just crazy to see how many people just come there. From the Golden Gate. They sit and then they do it. Like there's one guy. I think he did like some like cool pose. Before so they don't live there. They just <laughs> went there to do it. This is my last pose. They, yeah, he did. Yeah? He did like a cool pose, like the crow. And yeah. Then he had a leather jacket on. And he did it. <sighs> but uh, yeah, I don't huh. know what it is. There's one guy though. Um, he was going to kill himself, and he had like a really rough time. He lived in like on a border. Like uh, coming into San Fran, uh, okay. out of Oakland, yeah, and he's on this bridge and he just wanted to die. And this officer stopped and talked to him about his issue, and he's like, "Oh, I just want to jump. I want to jump." Officer saves his life, hmm. gets him to come up. About six years later, that same guy presented him with an award uh, for him saving lives. Really. Because he was one of the people that he saved his life, so it was like really interesting, like how the bridge. They said it brings people together, but it also like you know right. tears people. It's a really wild. It, it, it's an amazing. I love San. San Fran's a great city, by the way. Man, that, that bridge is it is a rather amazing. It's an amazing feat. Just think of the distance of that bridge. 
to be able to build that bridge. You guys ever, Kenny Oldensky gave me the idea to walk at me, and I was like, what the fuck, Kenny? This is like nine <laughs> miles long. <laughs> <laughs> you had the 10th Street Bridge. Everybody walks the bridge. <laughs> like, the, all right, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> the 10th Street Bridge in Pittsburgh was what uh, the Golden Gate was modeled after. If you look at the 10th Street Bridge, it's the same what a, there are yeah Levere style. I'm not. Just, I don't know anything. Yeah, no, no. Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah. Bridge, the, the, you don't. This is the city. <laughs> of, this is the city of bridges. City man. of bridges. Yeah, and but tunnels. it's based on that. Yeah, if you look well, at the ten, it's right. the same. The same shape as, as it. It's just much on a much grander scale. Yeah, man. It was uh, pretty. Ma- I think Andrew Andrew Carnegie. I think from uh, from uh, the men who built America was one of the first people to build. Uh, a steel bridge, a bridge using steel. Mm-hmm. They didn't think it could be used. How about that? It was mm-hmm. all wood before. So. He used steel and concrete. How smart is that? And and there, it was amazing that 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 uh, documentary, "The Men Who Built America." It's amazing how much this tri-state of Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh area, had so many so much contribution <laughs> to the country. Oh, mm-hmm. When you think about this, it. was the Silicon Valley of 1900. This is where you came. This is George Westinghouse. You know, Carnegie, yeah, Me- you Mellon, all, all these guys things. came I mean, here. Tesla, this is where you, yeah. Tesla, yeah, man. Tesla worked. He worked yeah. for Westinghouse. He lived in Pittsburgh for a while. Cars. Well, that was one of the most amazing. This documentary is called "The Men Who Built America." If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Amazon, I think, has it too now. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. I want to watch it now. You have to. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, Tesla is an intern for Edison. Edison and, uh, God, who is it? J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan. Thank you. My brain. Mike's my brain. Mm-hmm. But J.P. Morgan. He's, Mike's the fill-in-the-blank guy. My brain. <laughs> I need him all day. I call him Mike. Mike Film blank. Okay. Yeah, Got to serve but, some purpose. Boom. Great. <laughs> J.P. Morgan. It's like playing a game show. Mike has yeah, I was going to say, Mike is always like playing the, a game show with On the pyramid me. show. I'm thinking of somebody. J.P. Morgan. Mike correct. Would, Mike and I would win that game. <laughs> so J.P. Morgan <laughs> is Family the Feud is just, the, just Jimmy looking at me and yes. I answer the question. You answer it. We win the newlywed game. My wife's like, Andrew how did Carnegie, they do it? Green Bay Packers. Like, how do you do it? But, <laughs> the next one's Green Bay Packers. But it was J.P. Morgan. Well, his dad, he wanted to prove like he can do more than his dad, that kind of thing, yeah. and stuff like that. And, T, did you see this? <laughs> I didn't see Built it. America. Yeah. So yeah. With, remember Tesla? He he was uh, he was like the intern at Edison. Well, well, yeah. Morgan starts Edison Electric and all that, and and they and he says, "Are there is there any competition out there for electricity?" He said, "No." And here Tesla comes up. With alternate current, Edison did direct. He was an intern. Kicks him out. Came up to him twice. Mm-hmm. Said, "Hey man, I got this way of doing it." It wasn't like he had an ego. Like Edison could have taken a credit. Mm-hmm. It didn't have an ego. He just said, "Nah, I worked this out." And he goes, "Oh, I'm leaving it." He goes, "Ah, get the fuck out of here. Go ahead. I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> and in, in Westinghouse picks him up, and that's what happened. He ended up the electricity we use today is because. He he, Tesla. Turns Tes- out Tesla was right. Poor guy. Tesla was right. The wildest thing was when Morgan goes to Edison. He goes, "Hey, fucker, you said there was no other, you know." Yeah. <laughs> he goes, "Well, I didn't." Blah blah blah. I didn't think. And he goes, "Oh yeah, well, you know, Edison Electric's done." He goes, "I'm t- I'm taking all your." Sh-. He said, "You could keep some stock." He said. He goes, "What's the name of your new company?" He walks out. Goes General Electric. And walked out. <laughs> GE. So Edison still made a lot of money, probably. I'm sure he kept the stock. Those mm-hmm. dudes didn't make but, much. Oh, Magic. my. Well, the two thing, one thing about that documentary that blew my mind was 
the amount of wealth. Like you talk about now, oh. like the Gateses of the world, they're like worth like 80 billion, which is amazing. No, no, this was but, amazing. But like Rockefeller was worth, in terms of modern money, well over a trillion dollars. He was one seventeenth of the U.S. economy. Yeah, well, well, they one said, dude. Well, one, yeah, as they said, right, you're right, Mike. They said equal, the equal amount. Carnegie was worth six hundred and fifty billion with a B. Yeah. Oh my God. And in Morgan, the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen. More, he was the richest man in the world. And like Mike said, I'm sure Rockefeller, his time when I was worth a trillion, I'm sure equal. Because uh, he's right. Because when when they broke up the monopoly, Rockefeller actually made more money because it became Exxon, Exxon and, and all these hundreds of different things. Yeah. So he's probably worth a trillion, like you said. Yeah. But at this point in this documentary, anyway, Carnegie's worth six hundred fifty billion. Morgan's worth. You know the same. Claire, all close. Mm-hmm. Three, all three of them, so wealthy that when the you know how we talk about the deficit now of the United States, he wrote a fucking check. How cool is that? Poor Morgan. It'd be like a, a guy writing a check right now, going, "Oh, we're in debt. The government here. I got this. Got this covered. He did. <laughs> he covered it. That's crazy. That's amazing. That's amazing wealth." They're worth over six hundred billion with a B. Equal. It wasn't that number, but yeah. equal power money wise. Well, another thing you talk about like not seeing the future and not, you know, and kind of firing the guy that you shouldn't have fired. Yeah. One of the companies I worked for back when I was a salesman was NCR, National Cash Register. Mm-hmm. And they tell the story that this guy named Watson worked for NCR and he eventually got too powerful. And he was off on a sales sales like conference and everything like that. He comes back from the sales conference, his desk is out in front of the building on fire. And that's where the term you're fired comes from. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. And so, uh, so he sits there and he goes, oh, awesome. I'm going to start I'm going to start my own company. You guys are National Cash Register. I'm going to start a company called International Business, uh, blah, 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 IBM. So basically he starts IBM just to piss off his former bosses <laughs> to start a bigger company. And I always saw, I always sat there and he goes, "Hey, you never know what I'll start if you fire me." And they did. But <laughs> <laughs> And today we started Sasson Electrics. Yeah. <laughs> which we haven't heard of yet. But one day we will. Look yeah. for it. My friends, look My for futures. it. Well, could you imagine yes. Jimmy if you walked in the walked into work and your desk was <laughs> I I almost think that's pretty cool. Be yeah. like, you know what? I gotta give you. That's pretty cool. That's that a way impressive. to go out. That is. That is one way to go out. <laughs> All right, you guys win this one. <laughs> You're going out with a blaze. It man. is. It's not bad. Can you imagine if that outside on the parkway when that happened? Be like, why is there a fire out you there? Why is there a fire? Got his desk. That's amazing. And that's where your fire came from. Yeah. That's, that's tremendous. That's right. That is great. That had to be national news. <laughs> Well, actually, desk fires, I guess, back in the 1800s. That's been huge. Happen all the time. That's been breaking news. Breaking news. There's a desk fire. Someone could afford a desk and lit it on fire. Yes. Another news. E. coli just wiped out more people. Typhoid fever news. More people died. Remember this city? It's not here anymore. Tuberculosis killed people today. I mean, there's nothing that kept you alive back then. Nothing. That's a. Would have sucked. The whole thing's interesting because I was talking to a guy from Europe and uh the band? And no. You name dropping on Name dropping. You name dropping. You knew some guy from Europe. The lady from Europe. You knew some guy from down Europe. My bad, not the not the band. I knew a guy 
There's a guy from Ukraine that uh, would yeah, lift yeah. at my gym, and he <laughs> sounded like Arnold. Like everyone yeah. from that area sounds like Arnold, I guess. They do. And um, they do. <laughs> he was telling me how America, like he complained about a lot of things about America, and he said how <laughs> in Europe he would go to the, the, the market all the time and we get fresh foods. But he said what America did for the world is we taught the world industrialism. That's something that no other country had until America showed them that you can actually make your own stuff within your own country and then send it out. Exactly. And, I like uh, I like they always complain, but you don't see mm-hmm. anyone sneaking into the fucking Ukraine. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a Trump in there's not a Trump in Ukraine. Well, they actually want to keep heard, I haven't heard of like, you know, oh boy, a bunch of people I can't wait to escape <laughs> America and go to the Ukraine. You don't hear that one. No. Well, Putin's trying to get into Ukraine, <laughs> but for different reasons. But uh, Yeah, really. <laughs> Well, another thing I remember that you want to talk about industrialism. There was an article in the New York Times just like two or three years ago where someone wrote like the cure for hunger is actually the McDouble because they were talking about that. If you look at the McDouble sandwich, the, the, the McDonald's, the McDouble? McDonald's McDouble cure for hunger, because you think about it, I could go for one right now. Aren't they? McDonald's. They're the greatest things in the world. They're a dollar. They're <laughs> 350 calories right. there. But the thing we is, we have to airdrop them. But you think about it. The, his point was. <laughs> You think about if, if the, they could teach the world how to make safe, good-tasting, decent caloric food like right. that, that's the end of world hunger. Well, then let's start McDonald's everywhere. Let's do that. Let's do that's the Sam Kennison thing. There's no McDonald's in your freaking desert. That's why you're starving. Get McDonald's everywhere. I always think that sometimes. I know this is weird thinking, but like, you know, I always feel bad, especially at the holidays and stuff, when you see like a homeless person or something, and they'll ask for money you know, for a, dollar, a couple of dollars, and some will say, you know, they're starving or something, and you start thinking, oh, that's horrible. And then you start thinking... You know, you can get a burger for like 75 cents to a dollar. You really could still get a burger at McDonald's and a few of these fast food places where you can get for about five bucks. They won't let them in sometimes. You get a $5 meal. I would have somebody like you get me it for me. That's what just happened. I'd say, Terry, <laughs> I did I it the other day. Dirty really? and messed up. <laughs> just get me my McDonald's. I'll give you five bucks. I, I felt so bad for this guy. I said, uh, <laughs> I saw him downtown. I go, hey, man. He looks mm-hmm. like Bill Cosby, by the way. So it might yeah, really be Bill Cosby be. at this point. <laughs> yeah, time. Can you go get me a burger? No. Um, <laughs> keep taking my degrees. <laughs> I'm out here. And Camille left me. Yeah, um, no. might be, yeah. <laughs> I don't like pickles. <laughs> just keep the pickles on. No, but uh, what ended up happening was this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Give it to the wrong lady over there. Would you like a milkshake from Uncle Bill? Because Uncle Bill has the milkshake for But no, this guy goes, um, I go, hey, man, you hungry? He goes, oh, man, they they won't let me in there. And I was like, oh, that's like pretty messed up because. They're they trying probably to keep will. He's from probably being... lazy to go in. He probably fucking you know, often go in. Well, I don't because... even, I'm so lazy. The guys are thinking, I'm so lazy. I'm going to have somebody else go in for me. Well, you know downtown because <laughs> they don't want the homeless people to think they could take a nap in there when it's warm ah. and all that stuff. So they try to prevent them from coming in, in at all. I go in that one on off of Smithville, man, and they're, they're all, everyone's in there. Yeah, there do be a lot of people in there. But they, they I mean, they got their, out... their, their little uh, tents and their little, their, uh, Sleeping things yeah. and all this—they're all in there hanging out with me. Well, that's the one. Yeah, that one's wild. But <laughs> I make yeah. coffee with them because I, I don't know, man. It was wild because a lot of the stores down there just try to keep homeless out. So I went and got my man a Penn Station hoagie. Nice. So oh, you he, got hoagie? hoagie? Yeah, I got him hoagie, some fries and stuff. He was cool. He's like, oh man, thanks, man. 
but the deep down he's like deep down I he wanted like, that money for crack. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, screwed God me over. God damn it! I can't believe he got me <laughs> yeah. a cheese stick. He's eating, he's eating he's crack in his cheese like, stick. Bryce screwed me over. He's eating. He's eating the sandwich. He's like, you know what? This is good, but you know what I want? Some crack. I really, really was in the mood for some crack. He's trying to sell it. What the hell? I have to go for the sandwich. What's the value of this sandwich to get me some crack? You see him ten seconds later handing people the sandwich. Go sandwich. Is a sandwich? Do you have crack? <laughs> That's probably what he did. He ate some and traded the rest in. Oh, yeah, for 10 Some bucks. dealer going, look, I'll give you this. Give me some crack. <laughs> this is a Philly cheesesteak from Penn Station. <laughs> this is at least worth it's two true. rocks. <laughs> uh, I'm always amazed at that, though, man. But yeah, it's, it's, it's America. We, it's a great country. All of a sudden, I'm Sean Hannity. America's yeah. greatest. Yeah. Today, today's headline America's greatest place ever. America's greatest country ever, my friends. Alert, alert. A lot, a lot. Tomorrow's headline: It's still the greatest. And Wednesday, make sure you come in. It We're telling really, you how it is the greatest. It is a, it is a great country. It's, I mean, we really, we we're really lucky, man. Born in this country, when you think of like these third world nations and stuff, and, and they don't have medicines and f- just basic things like food, and you live in a hut and you can walk out and get eaten by a tiger. We have a hard day driving in a car, and we have to go get gas. Maybe it's a little cold. you got to get out of the car and get gas. It's a little pain in the ass. Somewhere else in the world, some poor guy is walking out and getting his ass eaten by a tiger. He's fucking gotten eaten by a tiger. He comes home. He goes, how are you? And she goes, he's like, well, not real good. Still, my, my left ass cheek was bitten by a tiger today. Still Ripped safer. it out. <laughs> getting bit by a tiger is still safer than being black in America in 2015. <laughs> oh, come on. Come you on. You got more of a chance of catching a bullet than a that. tiger. <laughs> you can't pull the race card versus <laughs> getting eaten by a tiger. I have to. It, it's that bad. Oh, come look, on. Look at Sasson. He's like, it's oh. that bad. Oh, it is. Really? It is. Really? Yeah, it really is. Why haven't I seen it? Because you I, gotta I hang news. out with you all the time. Oh man, I have not seen you get pushed around, shot no, at. Well, not not with because <laughs> I you haven't like been around me when it's that time. Like some people have, but yeah. I grew up with that black and white. I grew up I with know. everybody. We were together. No, I know you have. I didn't see it. I didn't see it as much. I guess I must have missed that. Nah, it's bad right now. I mean, there's evil in the world. <laughs> there's evil. It's still I'll, they are. I mean, the I'll people take, that do that are evil, I'll you know. But I didn't see this rampant. I think it's a little, <laughs> it's a little better than it was no, I just, years ago. I mean, think about it. It's like horrible 50, 60 years ago. It's much better. It's it's up there now. I think. I know you do. I don't believe it though. I, yeah. I you have to show me. You have to debate me I'll, on that. Yeah, we'll have or to. You have to just show. I have me to pull it. up some videos. You have to show me right what now. you mean. Yeah, you have to but explain it to me. It's pretty funny because I'm not seeing it. I don't see it. The hate will, like America as a hate will, they spin it every 10 years and it's landed on Middle Easterners again. But so you know, it's e- there, there's evil in the bit. world. There's evil. Oh, yeah. There, there's always evil in the world. But yeah. I think there's evil. And I grew up in poverty, man. I grew up with nothing. And we bonded together. Black, white, any race. You were poor. You were poor. You bonded. You had yeah. the same shit. You ate the same shit. But see, that's you, why you you're, could only afford the same shit. But that's why so, you're different, Jimmy. That's why, see, people like you are good. And then there's people that are just like, like you said, there's evil. There's evil but in the world. A you, lot of evil. It's hard to wrap your head around some of these people. Yeah, what they think? Is, Crazy shit they do. Yeah. They should just be made fun of. That's what you mean. But I don't see it being horrible, T. I think it's not, I don't think it's as, wor- yeah. as bad as it was. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, it was it was worse, I thought. Yeah, I mean. With my friends that were black. I think because you know, it was segregated, talk, it was out it was open. Worse. Now yeah. it's a little, now it's starting to get a little more out open, I just think it's better. That's what I mean. I think it's a little funny. better. It's getting better. I think each generation, the mm-hmm. evil's getting weaker. 
yeah, I have to believe good is strong. Because the older generation that's used to that is kind of like burning out. So, yeah. We were talking about that today. Me and Wasaki. What's we that? had a good like conversation about that. The mm-hmm. next generation. Oh yeah, I, well, like, the different generations. Multi- well, it's stuff, more multiracial. Now. Yeah, so it's like making things like a lot. It's more multiracial. You see that? Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's going to be. I mean, there was a time that uh, the Irish were probably looked upon and, and oh yeah, the evil people mm-hmm. of the world or whatever decide what. I don't even know how that happens in humanity. No Irish need bonding. apply. No, when you start banning against somebody, how do you <laughs> then do the that? Italians and, and then Philly. The Italians it was the Italians and the Jewish black people in Philly. Yeah. yeah, then the Jews. Well, we Jewish Chinese yeah. for a while, built our railroads and yeah. shut up. Then we hated the Japanese. Well, think about the hate evil will. Hitler. The Russians for about fifty years. <laughs> the ten year hate will. Mm-hmm. No, but think about the evil Hitler was. And I mean, come on, this is this. How do you uh, how do you come up with these fucking philosophy and believe it like he did? Well, I have a and get that many followers. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's evil in the world, and they're going to be crazy. Evil people are fucking crazy. They're ignorant. Mm -hmm. That comes hand in hand with being evil. But I am. I believe good wins. I believe good stronger. In the end, you go to heaven. No, I believe on the in the earth the struggle. Most people are good. You think I like think most? most people are good. I think the evil are louder. They're louder. Oh, of course, they have to show off. Mm-hmm. But the, they have but to, I think they there's more. That light. There's a majority of people who are good. I'd say, and there's a minority of people that aren't good, but they're loud, and they get they get hit news headlines too. They do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I personally believe what happens is like when you talk about when why evil sometimes can n- not win long term, but win for a little while is because people just live their lives and they compartmentalize that, okay, these are the people that are top, these are the people that are in the middle, these are the people that are below me. And then when all of a sudden something new comes into their life, they're so used to just that's how the social order worked that it shocks them. Now, most people eventually just go, oh, okay. Like you sit there and someone says, oh, well, this is where black people are, this is where Hispanics are, this is where women are, this is where gays are, whatever. And you just live your life the whole time going, oh, okay, fine, I need to move on because I need to feed my kids and work my job and everything yeah. like that. But then when someone sits there and goes, hey, we're going to change the social order, it scares people because you've lived your life this whole one way. And now with Hitler, what happened was is essentially – Everybody sat there and needed someone to blame for why everything was awful, and so he provided a simple solution. It's those people's fault. And everyone went, oh, good, it's not my fault. It's those people's fault. Great. Well, I hate those people too. That's simple. I can move on with my life and move on. And the evil people, because no one was watching them, which is why that's how evil wins is when no one watches them, mm-hmm. when no one calls them out on their bullshit, that's when everybody true. just sits that's there. That's a good yeah. line, Mike. I'm writing it down. It's great. It's <laughs> why, that's why I'm your brain, Jimmy. <laughs> Mike, that is all part of your book. <laughs> We're going to have a book for Mike's ass. And that's true. That's good, Mike. Yeah. It's like punching a bully in the face. Well. That's why they tell you to do it. Here's well, the, or, or someone else is bullying someone that's weak. Mm-hmm. If Look, you go you up to that person, if you ignore that the, the, someone's bullying that person, mm-hmm. then you're just as bad as that bully. But if you yeah. go up to that bully and kick the holy shit out of him, or at least or make attempt. sure, or at least make him understand that someone's watching and that there's repercussions, that's mm-hmm. when that person has to make a choice. That that's bully has true. to make a choice. That's true. Well, that's you true. know, evil is weak. Evil has no conscience, though. That's what. It, that's the. That's the bad thing you go up against. Like an evil person has no conscience at all. Like they would, they'll sleep at night after being evil. They'll say maybe a racist thing, like we're saying, you know, racism is evil. They'll say something like that, and they'll just sleep at night like a baby. They don't have any conscience to it. 
There's a guy named M. Scott Peck called People of the Lie. I've talked about this book before. The only way, the only thing we could do, but they're weak. That's the thing, though. They are weak. He said, you challenge them in any way, intellectually, even physically, they'll back down most of the time, and they're weak most of the time. Bullies usually do back down when you challenge them. Yeah, they're weak. They're puffing the chest because they're lying. Remember, and if you're not religious, I apologize, but they say devil's the best liar, right? That's evil. He invented it. He invented a lie. <laughs> so they give you the image the devil that they're lie. stronger or that they're smarter <laughs> or that this is the way most people are thinking. But yeah. when you start thinking, you start seeing the reality of things, you start saying, eh, you know what? Most people, I really, I think most people are good. Now, now There's some shitheads out there, but most people are good. Now, here's the thing <laughs> that I kind of try to wrap my head around because, like, for instance, sometimes, like, for instance, like, someone had to close the steel mills in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. that caused an enormous amount of pain, an enormous amount of suffering for people in this area, yeah. everything like that. Right. But if you talk to the business people in the high-rises or wherever that did it, they'll have a very rational reason of why they felt they had to do it. And so even though – I mean, so that's why I sit there – sometimes when you sit there and say evil, like I think there is evil. There's Hitler evil. There's everything like that. Right. But then there's like so – I don't consider yeah. that evil. That was a business decision. But I mean, could sometimes those? I mean, like some somebody might consider a business decision. You know, I sell, you know, drugs or something like that, and he can justify in his own mind, like, hey, you know what? They, well, you like could the sell evil this would be that. that the drugs kill you because there's no there's no how much you should take and that kind of thing. So, but the evil in the business is greed would be the evil. Like if the guy's making a billion dollars profit, and you say, you know what, I can make a billion point two, but I wipe out all these jobs. Mm-hmm. Now that would be evil. But from what I understand, you know, steel mill, I don't know the whole in-depth yeah. thing, but it, was it about greed? I don't know, because there See, were two sides fighting for the world, dollar. World competition. Well, I mean, well, but that's it, the it, thing it, that it wraps was, my head around. A, is a like, compromise they couldn't make, maybe? Well, that's what Michael Moore had about, like, when he ever, the movie um, Roger and Me. Yeah. Is he sat there, and he was like, General Motors is making millions upon millions of dollars in profit, but just like you said, they said, hey, you know what? It costs us $5,000 to make this car in Flint, Michigan. It would cost us $3 million to make it in Mexico. So let's pull it there. And, you know, and now instead of making $50 million, we're making $75 million a quarter. Well, the idea was like Roger and me from when I got it yeah. was, was uh, in all young people should just at least see this, see both sides of things mm-hmm. and watch this yeah. document. The thing with that was more or less – if you can get an executive who's going to make a $7 million bonus at the end of the year, the idea was maybe you should take a $2 million bonus and give, because that's the kind of numbers we're talking, mm-hmm. $3 million, two, three, or more for their bonus checks. Point was, maybe you take a million, maybe take a half million. I don't know. You still can get your bonus. But maybe you shouldn't be greedy because that one just a million of it, maybe just half of it. This is your bonus on top of your that could pay paycheck of, of 750 grand a year. No, it would have kept a couple of these places open. That was the argument. It's like, do you really need that kind of bonus for these handful of people? That's the evil part where they say, you don't really need that. I mean, that, that's not needed to keep the company afloat. That's just five guys or 10, 20 guys or whatever is making a decision because they don't want to cut into that bonus or to give some back. Or do you just take a little bit and keep all these people, keep all these plants open or keep it going? Now, the other side, they'll argue with the unions and this and that. But I'm a union guy. But I'm yeah. still, they would they would have compromised, I believe. 
they would keep their jobs. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking millions upon millions in these bonuses these guys make. Mm-hmm. Although I, you know, I am a union kind of guy. I grew up around it, but but uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a. I'm sure you have a good argument out there. For well, the see, other that's side the thing, Jimmy. Listen, but and I, I know you've met these guys too, and I've met and and these guys who get these huge bonuses because you you know when you get, you know you get to a certain we're level you meet the five million but seven million dollar bonus but his point the, the that guy's point is you know what if i run a multi-billion dollar company and i deliver this to you know money to my shareholders then why shouldn't i have you know a seven million dollar bonus if that's how if i yeah. if i made the company 50 million that's a wonderful argument you're right but the greed because you sit there and say well you know what though these guys, uh, they really work 10 hours a day or 8 hours a day. Some of these women and men building this thing and making it happen. I know I made the decision. It's called you know, a little bit of sharing. I understand their argument. Well, hey, the company would have folded. Maybe they're thinking one out there. Maybe who? But it is a company is a corporation. A corporation's a group effort. And all of a sudden, a handful of people change that whole scenario from being a group effort to their effort. And that's where it ends up being. And, and the other thing is also is history and time because for instance in the automobile industry they were saying how honda or some of the japanese companies okay we have these people who worked and gave their time and they made money yeah. in union you paid into a union to to have a retirement that was really good and they all signed off on it because the, the money was being made they said okay yeah we'll give you 60 grand a year if we already re- retire now they invested that retirement money these people so they wasn't like they were paying out of their pockets they were out of the stock market, over else they invested it in annuities. Mm-hmm. And but what happened is, what's happening now is we had we've been around so long, our companies, that half of the debt is going to pay just the retirement people. When Honda and those, those a lot of these Japanese companies, they didn't even have anyone retiring yet at that point. Now they're starting to. But I'm saying about 20, 15, 20 years ago, whatever even that recent. You didn't have, they're just new companies. These companies started, what, in the 70s, maybe? Well, and that's the thing that's happened. So you have a company started in the 70s. You have no retirement. You have no retirement budget to worry about. You could be flexible. You could do research and development. And now, though, they're starting to get hit a little bit because they're starting to get retirees. You'll see a difference now. It's not, they're not going to be as flexible. Well, and that's the thing that's happening with cities like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and Boston and Chicago is what they call the legacy costs. Right. Is because they were paying off the firefighters from the 50s and them retiring in the 70s and they live for 20, 30 years and getting what they, and so if you talk to like a Bill Peduto or, you know, any Wolf, the governor of Pennsylvania, that's their biggest problem facing what they're looking at is that's the reason why we had to declare bankruptcy in Pittsburgh was because of the legacy costs of paying for a firefighter that retired in 1975. But I mean your your dad worked for the city. I mean yes. you you so you you understand that 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 guy banked on that. That's the reason why he worked for the city for so long cuz he knew he was going to get that pension. You know, we got to change the subject because I'm actually bored. I actually daydreamed during my talk. <laughs> <laughs> Mike was interesting. I daydreamed mine. Mike brought me back. <laughs> I actually took a nap while I was speaking. <laughs> Pity. No. <laughs> I went through the whole union thing. I just I was sleeping and I was a room. Mike brought me back to Earth. Playboy has its last Mike two makes, nude Mike, girls. Uh-huh. Mike makes sense on his conversation. I don't. 
That is true. Playboy has its last two nude uh, playmates. They've announced them. Mike's Who are changing they? subject yes. to tits. Yeah, to tits. I'm Sorry. trying to help you, Jim. Bring back me to the back. <laughs> no, I want to talk about unions. <laughs> Jim Crane union talk. Going back to my wheelhouse. That's the only people. restriction. We can't work for more than X because we're in unions. <laughs> 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 I, I'm sorry, everybody. Zooming in. Going, I thought this was a comedy show. What the fuck? <laughs> Back just, to the titties. <laughs> we should talk about union titties. What the <laughs> hell is going on here? That's that'll be the Playboy this replacement. Union titties. Union titties. <laughs> well, you got a problem with those titties? <laughs> That'd be a worst strip club ever. Union teamster titties. <laughs> Why are they? These titties about, got seniority. These magazines, man. Talk about like Terry's generation. Terry's in his twenties. Maxim Magazine and Playboy are for older guys. I think forty and up. That was our masturbation material. And underneath forty, I think the thirties, twenties, and early thirties. Terry's generation is more internet, and they had you. You were in the golden age, Terry, of porn. Yeah, hope you realize that you have like porn hubs and all. You have your own videos, channels of porn. I'm just very jealous. You don't have to go searching through the house, renting a movie or hiding magazines. Hiding magazines in the woods. My favorite thing is story this (laughs) week. (laughs) Where the fuck do you go, Mike? Mike is his rural, rural background. Him and the possum jerking off in the woods. Mike jerking off the possum uh, quarterly or monthly. Uh, <laughs> Stop yeah. looking at me, possum. Yes, the that's, possum. Was that sounds like a country song off. that I'd never listened to. So I'm looking at the possum stroking my meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Mikey was out there. And Weird shit happens in the country. It, it does. Reading, it's scary out there. The Farm Girl magazine. It's scary. That's why I live in the city. It's not as scary as the country. <laughs> <laughs> See, we used to sneak in, uh, download porn on LimeWire. Remember LimeWire? That LimeWire, it was Napster, LimeWire, and Kazaa. Those were the main things where you could download music. And Did um, you do Playboy at all, magazines at all? I saw, the first time I ever got introduced to any type right. of porn was when I was a kid, and it was in Garfield on my grandma's porch. <laughs> uh, Mookie and Charlie, that, that's the name. Mookie and Charlie, they lived across the street. And I asked them, uh, did they have any comic books? Well, Mookie replied, yes, we have sexy comic books. <laughs> so I said, what, what's sexy comic books? He said, we'll show you. So I don't know why Mookie talked like that, because he's from Pittsburgh. But <laughs> he was Classic dad. Mookie. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Mookie. <Yeah>. I was, <laughs> Mookie. I had hearing impairment. That's why I talk like that. <laughs> Mookie ran all the way across the street, and I guess he snuck in the attic where his dad had like the Playboys, and he ran out. And that was the first time I ever saw any type of porn, but I was confused because mm-hmm. they had hair on their vaginas. Ah. And I didn't understand. I was like, why is it blocked out? And they're like, we don't know. <laughs> why is it blocked out? <laughs> Who's censoring we, we, me? We, yeah, I thought it was a censor. We didn't know it was hair. it was a wig or yeah, something? Oh, we had no idea. No, we're so we're so little. No, one, one, negative, one negative of the internet porn, which I found myself, <laughs> yeah. is you just become such an, a porn snob. Because I remember when I was young, I was I was in that transition, like you saw, like the Playboy. and the play- You were just so happy to see naked breasts. Now I'm like... I don't like her haircut. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like That's her it. attitude. That's so true. <laughs> you yeah. can now fast forward and yeah. pick what scene yeah, you want to 
Watch. Or, or like, you know, I, I'll be watching something and all of a sudden they'll start speaking like a dialect that I don't like. Oh, they're British. I'm not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like That's Cockney porn. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, the, the funny thing is with porn is it started as it started to evolve into softer, like kind of more mainstream, like Maxim Magazine was the big deal in FHM. Only like 10 years. Maxim was huge. And it still sold for a lot of money when this, this guy, but this Iranian dude bought it. It's billionaire dude, okay? He buys Maxim. Still worth a lot of money. You know, it's it's down, really. Sales are down incredibly. But the dude's this rich guy, and he gets Alessandra Ambrosia, who's like the hottest, top 10 hottest women, Victoria's Secret girl for years. Anyone who knows Victoria's Secret knows Alessandra. She's always pictured in, you know, tabloids and stuff too she's known just for being a model it's beautiful and this guy does a photo shoot in this month's maxim with alessandra and he's just this rich dude and he rich middle eastern dude and he's out there and taking photos with her and hanging with her and having a cigar and holding she's dressed scantily and all because she's doing a photo she's on a break like taking a break so you mind if i take a photo he goes yeah she goes i guess or whatever but he ended up publishing because she said as long as you don't publish it so he ends up publishing it in a magazine, and he tells he's bragging it to his buddies. It's him with a cigar, like, kind of on a balcony, and she's there in her underwear, whatever she's wearing. I got, I didn't see it yet. Can't wait to see it. But, uh, but she's really pretty. But anyway, she hates. She's all pissed. She might sue him, man, over that. But his, Mike Sasson had a great line on that, huh? You remember? Well, basically, the whole point of that is, who knew that the guy who would buy Maxim magazine in 2014 was a degenerate scumbag? There you go. <laughs> yeah. What? We were, Mike and I thought we remember Mike and we talked about how if you bought it, you deserve to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why'd you buy it? What else you'd buy it for? Yeah. You're not making any money. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're basically buying. Bu- you bought a buggy whip factory. Yes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I mean, you might yeah, as well really. enjoy the buggy whip. Exactly. <laughs> you bought a. Yeah. You bought electricity happened. You bought a lantern factory. Yeah. yeah. You, you VHS happened. You bought a beta factory. Yeah. You just you're I mean, screwed. <laughs> you're not having sex with her. It's not like you're grabbing her and groping her. Saying you're standing next to her, and kind of you know whatever. Hey, look at me, kind of thing. I get it, but. Really? Is it that bad of a thing? Does he deserve to get sued, this poor fucker? Well, I mean, it's Alessandra. We get it. You're gorgeous and all, but Jesus. You won the genetic lottery. And you you've won been the co- ge- yeah. You've been collecting since puberty, so yeah. guess what? You're one sit away from being off that balcony. Don't get so shitty on it. Yeah, you're 34 years old. There's a there's a clock like you see like in Times Square with like the debt, and it's just rolling like yeah. this to the point to where you better find that Middle Eastern dude who's going to like move to Dubai with you. Yeah, 20 <laughs> years from now, with a cigarette going, you know, honey, I kicked the guy off. The balcony for taking pictures with me. That's how hot I was. Yeah. <laughs> Janet really Jackson was. found hers. Ja- Janice Dickinson knows for a fact that the reason why she's screwed and she still has to w- do reality <laughs> movies is because she didn't find hers. Because back mm-hmm. in 1975, she was that. Now in 2015, she not she didn't hit the wall. The wall fell on her. Yeah, she's a <laughs> she's a crypt keeper now. <laughs> she's a crypt keeper. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I always feel bad. Like I and, and I've gone to a few the Comic Con conventions. Terry's our nerdist of the show. Yeah. Does these Comic Con things, mm-hmm. and I've gone to a few of them. And there's always like about ten. Ex playmates from like 1972, playmate of the year, 78 playmate of the year, and stuff. And they look like some little old lady from Score Hill, like Seal, mm-hmm. with, you know, like, hello, honey, hello, you, this is mine. <laughs> this is my centiphold. This is the one Terry thought they were blocking out. Yeah. <laughs> this is my perm. 
Thought I was giving a lead lock to a possum. Yeah. <laughs> possum lead. Yeah, leg lock. But it, but it was, but you feel bad. I was the only one that took, asked their autographs. That is so the two, Yeah, a couple of I always feel bad. That There's no one sad. in line for them. Vintage Clinging on to that glory. There's no one in line for 1978's mm-hmm. Flame of the Year but me. No. I had to go over and say, hello, how are you? Hello, honey, hello, you. Let's take a picture. <laughs> oh, so let's take a picture. <laughs> It's, it's, it's the same people in line for Kevin Sorbo. You know, there's nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna talk to Kevin there's Sorbo no now? I want to talk to the Playmate 1978. Say, hey, are your turn off still traffic or something? I don't know. <laughs> turn on <laughs> happy people. I turn love. off. You still hate people. Watergate? Yeah, you still hate <laughs> rude people. <laughs> you still you're, you're, is your catchphrase still suck it? That to was me? my favorite. <laughs> my favorite thing on the Playmate uh, that I will miss is the uh, data sheet, the Playboy Playmate data sheet, where the girl says. Turn ons, turn offs, right? Turn it's like on. a baseball card for centerfolds, yeah. And it was always awesome. It's like you know, turn on like was always smiling people. Turn off traffic. Uh, a lot of traffic. I this. smile. I hate traffic. We'll get together. Yes, data sheet <laughs> is great, Tara. Now what? Data sheet is awesome. I gotta Google the data. <laughs> no, you gotta look at the data sheet. Give a little little rundown of what the they tale like. Tale of the tape. Yeah, tale yeah. likes dislikes. One of the one stuff. of the, one of the weirdest <laughs> saddest moments in a man's life, though. Is when you look on the back mm-hmm. of that data sheet right. and for the first time in your life, that girl is younger than you. That's a weird. I, I had a weird when, when a crossover happens. Yeah, yeah when you cross when you because for your whole like when you're a teenager, you look up because like oh she's 21, she's 19, she's yeah. 20, you know that. Yes. Then you're 23 and you look on it, she's yeah. 18, and you're like holy uh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> I had that yeah. rude awakening on Instagram. <laughs> like you know you follow these Instagram models because they're hot. Yeah. And you're like, man, she's hot. And then she says, oh, it's my birthday today. I'm turning 20. And I'm like, what the hell? Unfollow. <laughs> Unfollow. <laughs> Unfollow. This one girl's like, oh, I'm 19. I'm like, what the fuck? I've been liking these pictures. Unfollow. <laughs> Do what? <laughs> that girl was 10 when you were in college. Yes, Hefner, that's crazy. Well, it didn't bother you, Hafner. I, I just read that. I read that book. I talked about this one. Holly Madison's book and stuff, man. That guy's still 80-some years old. He's still... Out there doing it. I don't know how he's doing he's it. He's just nasty. They said he doesn't have sex <laughs> anymore. Well, in the book, they said that all the girls get together and do pajamas, same pajamas, and then he in bed, and, and then he uh, pleasures himself. But they said he falls asleep <laughs> Very a lot. slowly. No, the girl, they had an, yeah, he pleasures himself. Then when he's done, then they can watch TV and stuff. Wait, an 87-year-old man pleasuring himself, is that just having a solid bowel movement? <laughs> Mike, it's probably got to that. Probably like a little poof of dust comes out, the little way they come and they, they clean up the dust off the bed, and he's done. He, when he masturbates, I imagine him going poof, little dust comes it's out. It's 5.30 in the evening. Yeah. It's time for the early bird rubs special. Rubs on out and goes to sleep. He rubs on out and goes to bed for the night. <laughs> early bird special, it's called. But, but the girls are all in the same matching pajamas, and they have to go, and the girls have to have sex with each other while he watches. You know, that's his whole thing. He goes, every night. That's a great life. It's not bad. I don't care what anyone says. He has said People him- are jealous if they say, oh, it's disgusting. If I were single, he was, you know, you know that's his life. I get it. Mm-hmm. But hey, what the hell? That's not bad. He's old as hell. Well, that's a th- if you read <laughs> if you read up on Playboy and like all of those like his lifestyle, it yeah. just it, he just has set up the perfect lifestyle mm-hmm. for an eighty seven year old man. Everything's regimented. Everything <laughs> you know, like he what watches he the he old really, movies. He, yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, you had to do. He's a dictator. I mean, he has enough power. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of creepy though. Now, I mean, when he was like maybe in his fifties and still a. The whole look and the hair a little bit it was kind of funny because, like, you know, naked volleyball Sundays and stuff. But yeah. when you're 80 and shit and it's going, that's kind of, then it's getting like, 
Really? Does he even know where he's at? No, he has no idea. <laughs> Is he walking around going, why are these women naked playing ball at all? <laughs> uh, keep get up. off my lawn! <laughs> yeah. yeah, get these naked girls off my lawn. And then that's got to be a sad day when like, hey, Jimmy Kahn is coming over and the girl goes, who? Oh, they, they yeah. you know they do that now. Last uh. 10, they've done that for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have no idea. Well, Holly Madison, the book said that. So these creep. She called them the creepy old guys playing poker on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, she, she. It was a kind of a. She was kind of rough on them. What's she doing now? She nothing. Exactly. Having sex with Chris Angel in Vegas. Probably. That's who. That's who was with Chris Angel. She jumped into Chris Angel. She's yeah. off. She broke off with him now. Mm, who knows who yeah. she's up to? We're well, trying to remember who Chris Angel. Yeah, she was went with. to Chris Angel. Chris Angel was like, "Here's the illusion. <laughs> I'm <laughs> listening to no, you." No, she trashes. <laughs> she trashes Angel too. Pretty does good. She, what does oh. she say out there? Uh, she just trashes him. As, uh, basically, he just think he's a scumbag <laughs> magician. Is what she basically called him. Yo, he makes me laugh. Another like, scumbag magician. His existence is just scumbag hilarious. Scumbag magician. <laughs> basically made him out to be like a scumbag magician. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be kidding, man. This is Chris fucking Angel. And uh, me levitated, Holly. Uh, <laughs> he looks like if Johnny Depp and Russell Brand had a child yes. together. His show, I saw his show magic. in Vegas. I saw yeah. his show in Vegas. Is it good? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, oh, uh, it's not that good. Well, you know what, Terrence? He makes it's it. like sick. I saw Siegfried and Roy's last show. It, like when the tagger attacked? <laughs> yeah, before it. <laughs> oh, okay. I saw their show a week before they attacked. Shit, they didn't even have to go to Africa there, to get attacked. I, I got, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my wife and I got a... Yeah, I know, really. My wife, <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the danger too. level. <laughs> Living in Africa, black man in America, Sigmund Sigmund and Roy. That's what I got. Vegas they took a risk act. every night. <laughs> yeah. He was rolling the dice. They're going to be... Yeah, they're going to be... Try being a gay magician, mister. <laughs> Tiger didn't like the pink I had. Yeah, they'll fight you. You think it's tough trying being a gay magician from Germany? (laughs) (laughs) They had a court. (laughs) Yeah, gay magician Germany strike. Who can't do close up? (laughs) You know what? They they, were so so innovative. They had a cartoon. They were popular. They were. I don't know. Now, I knew. I being a stand up, I grew up around magicians, like really good magicians. Yeah. And so these guys were good, but they were not masterful close close up to me is the best the hand guys the, the mm. training the magicians will tell you they were good and innovative but it got to the point where their show at one point was real great before they got to vegas probably and then when vegas they got all the whole flamboyant deal and they had the michael jackson music even while michael's <laughs> girl just trials it like they were oblivious <laughs> i'm not kidding this is when michael was not hot at all anymore and they still thought he was the hottest thing in the world and so it was the last show before it was it was maybe like a week later that they got bit by the, the tiger. I was in Vegas. And so I happened to got I got it's the first time I saw him, so I wanted to get to see the show because everyone was talking about mm-hmm. it. And it's it op- it's no magic. Like Chris Angel's the same way. It's just a bunch of, I could you could we could all do the show. Mm-hmm. It's basically standing there and having like engineers put together a show. So it starts out with Roy comes out. <laughs> Siegfried. Siegfried. Which one's the blonde? The blonde guy. <laughs> Siegfried. Who the blonde guy comes out. He goes, he goes, hello, everybody. We'd like to dance and party with this show. Let us have some Michael Jackson. And you hear this Michael Jackson song that he wrote for them. You know, Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy. They're on stage now. Like, it's made no sense. Uh-huh. But in, in no rhythm to the song. The horrible song. So this horrible Michael Jackson song, and, and Siegfried is on stage going, "Where is Roy? 
what is right? And I'm looking going, <laughs> I got another fucking drink. Where's my drink? <laughs> it, this is just starting. And then, <laughs> then all of a sudden. Where's my money back? Siegfried said, no, well, no, I had to see the rest. This is exciting because R- Roy does a, on a uh, line, like a, like a zip line. Uh-huh. He comes out of nowhere on his zip line down the stage screaming like this. <laughs> like that. So he's screaming like Richard this. Simmons coming into your house. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> worse. Like Roy coming into your house. <laughs> and so he's funny. got these like tight leather pants on and white like flowered shirt like assassin's wearing right now uh-huh. so like mike that's where i got the look it's called assassin yeah. so wait so so the show's shirt's flown so good and he screams and he goes all the way down and then he's down okay now i'm sitting there and i'm about seven eight rows back and hetty and i are watching this thing and i'm looking at these tigers man and they're grabbing the tigers and they're hugging them and hello this is montafiore whatever type <laughs> And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> yeah. And I remember looking at Hetty, and I, remember, I swear to God, I said, you know what? That's pretty crazy. That's a tiger, man. I said, what if that fucker comes in this now and eats us? Comes at us? I said, these two little fuckers aren't going to stop it. <laughs> They're both four foot tall magicians. What are they going to say? Stop eating him, Matikar. <laughs> no, stop. I'm sitting here with, I, I got food. I got mozzarella sticks on my table thinking that fucking tiger. What if he says, damn. I want some mozzarella sticks. And he comes down again. But, he, you know, because they kind of look at you. The tiger's, like, looking at you. Like, and they got that nervous look like, hey, I'm not in the jungle, buddy. I'm in a fucking mansion somewhere in Vegas. Because they all live there to show you the video during the show. During the show, you got to watch the video. In the video, the fucking tigers are swimming and shit with them. Oh, wow. They're kissing them and they're hugging them and they're walking around. They're tigers. And I swear to God, all the time, these fuckers are going to get bit. That's a tiger. There's one mistake. It's like, well, look at him kissing a tiger. He's swimming with the tiger. Week later, fucker got bit. <laughs> but Jimmy, like, d- you, we we got to give him credit to f- have found two or three gay tigers in Africa. That's the thing that's weird well, about it. It's tough. <laughs> well, Montefiore was the one that Montefiore was the one. Montefiore. Yeah, he's the one who bit him, and he didn't put him down to his credit. No, there, no. he has his own exhibit, the Mirage, till this day. Did that My, happen in front of people? Was it live or was oh, yeah. it like backstage? Yeah, it was no, it was live. Yeah. I oh. missed it by yeah, a week during the show. Man, yeah, that had to be the. Imagine if I saw that. How pissed are you that you missed that? A little depressed. <laughs> You're the show after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how pissed are you if at the comedy store you were on, you you had the tickets for the show after Kramer started going yeah, off? On people? Yeah, <laughs> I had to follow well, Kramer. Montefiore. <laughs> All right, next Montefiore, guy. maybe. Next guy. It's either Montefiore, Montefiore, whatever the t- whatever the tiger was. He has his own little exhibit, and people go see him. And I was thinking, that is unbelievable. You badass moniker. You're still alive. You ate your magician, and you're still alive. That's so funny. You bit him in the ass, and you're still, you're still alive. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and Montefiore's looking like, hey, two shows a night. Fuck him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I got with steak. Now I, have a, now I have a question based upon. He's, still, he's doing well, by the way, oh. Siegfried and Roy, if you're wondering. Good. I think they're doing real well now. Send flowers. They, yeah. They're, <laughs> No, he's doing good. He's Ten doing years good. later. Ten years later. He's doing good. <laughs> Sorry send, about the accident. Sorry about the accident. He's doing better though. He's doing well. Doing very well. I have a question because this now just popped into my head. Imagine you were the guy who did follow Kramer <laughs> at the college. Like, Jimmy, if you were the guy, you're sitting off to the stage. Yeah. Kramer goes off on this racist rant. Mm-hmm. The room is abuzz because Kramer is going nuts. Mm-hmm. Now coming to the stage, Jim Kren. 
Do you acknowledge it? Do you just go into your act? What? It's what I'm saying. How many of you are at the Laugh Factory for the first time? Plot. <laughs> They're in your act. Uh, no. That did never happen. That's classic. Blocking this out of my head. You can't, you can't just sit there and just stare at the crowd and go, what the fuck? Yeah. What just happened? I, I had something like that happen to me during the show. They called us the, um, I'm not going to name her name, but- they called us to do a show at the uh, improv because okay. Tracy Morgan couldn't come in the night before. So they had me close and they had like three other comics or whatever. And they were like, each of you do 20 or 30 minutes a piece or whatever it was. The girl that went in front of me did a joke about the big shooting here in Pittsburgh at LA Fitness. Oh my God. And makes a joke about it. How do you it. follow that? Keep in mind, this is what gets worse. A girl in the <laughs> audience worse. goes, I was there and I was shot. Oh my god! Oh geez! Instant silence, and she goes, "Oh, so you have to make this all about you?" <laughs> Gets off stage, and they go, "Well, oh. ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, That's Terry Jones." Oh, <laughs> she said this to be all about you. Oh, yes, she said that to the victim. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh my so god. you're gonna make this show all about you now? <laughs> And then oh and closes with that. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. That's, that's the, the closer. That's that was the, the closer. That's, wow. She 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 wrote that down on her on her piece of paper. Like oh, and this is gonna. Crush. That was her comeback. Oh, she knew it was gonna kill. She just thought it was yeah. I had to put that bitch in her place. Yeah. <laughs> Is she complaining uh, afterwards? Like who the fuck she thinks she is? Yeah. I don't care if you so, got shot. So you what? You got shot. <laughs> like you're the first person that's ever been shot. <laughs> Yo, Whiny was... little bitch. <laughs> so crazy. I can't even remember what the first joke is I did. But what did you do? Did you pull oh, yourself out? I of pulled yeah, the set went very well. They were happy to get someone that was funny. <laughs> Instead of trying to kill the the damn oh crowd, God. but yeah, yeah it was it was bad, man. I was like, well, I better go in swinging immediately because everybody was just tanking. Wow, <laughs> especially after I that. had to follow. Yeah, man. The toughest thing I ever felt was I did a corporate, and I think you guys, you you and Mikey did similar or something. I did you? Do, I did an Alcoholics Anonymous and gam. Oh, I'm sorry, Taylor. It was a Gamblers Anonymous thing uh, show. Did you guys? Didn't you guys do alcohol? We just did an NA. We did NA, and I did a, I did an AA, but that one went well because I talked about my issues. So they, but the Gamblers Anonymous thing, it was a banquet, man. And this lady gets up and she tells a five minute story where everybody's fucking crying. I mean, crying. (laughs) She like lost her house. She lost her family. She gambled it away. No. She just did this. She gambled this. She gambled that. Everyone's crying in the whole place, and I'm not kidding. The MC, the guy who I guess booked it or whatever. Now I'm standing. I'm a young comic. I'm just kind of starting. I've been doing a year, and this guy comes up crying. I'm getting all misty eyed. He goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> comedian Jim Grant." Hey everybody! I didn't know what to do. Oh my God! I didn't know what to do. I died. Talk about your mom. I and got your nothing. House and your no, family. I had nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> oh man. I had no idea what to do. It was like, wow. People are still crying five minutes into my act. 
You can't get a joke going. You're working. I'm trying to set a premise. Ah, tough yeah. crowd. They're, They're still, still sniffling. And I'm trying to set a premise five minutes in. I'm done. They're all sitting there going, you awful man. Yes. <laughs> people blowing their nose How could crying. you follow Jan or whatever her name was? And it's like, Jesus. And I was like, why did you book this comedian? Why you, who does this? How can you joke at a time like this? Yeah, I was thinking they didn't set this show up properly. No. <laughs> no, they didn't think at all. It's like, like that Simpsons when Homer you know? had to do comedy and he sits there and goes, oh, by the way, in the parking lot, a dog, not unlike Lassie, <laughs> just got run yeah. over and has died. Now, yeah. Homer Simpson. And there's the comedy like, stylings yeah. of Homer Simpson. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes, comedy stylings. Is yeah. everyone ready to yes. laugh? Uh, yeah. That poor dog. <laughs> terrible man. It's like that. It's like that. Awful it was, oh man. Oh, my God. People crying stuff. That's really rough. But yeah. <laughs> I, I have seen classy. a comic ruin <laughs> a, a shot. All right. So, Billy, rest in peace to him. Uh, we didn't get along, but rest in peace to him. Billy uh, was a comic here in Pittsburgh, and he... There was this family, and they had a show, and it was like four people, and um, he was closing the show, and they had cake, and they were giving cake out because it was someone's birthday. Yeah. Actually, he was in the middle, and mm -hmm. they were like, oh, here, you know, here's some cake, mm -hmm. and everyone's eating the cake, and every comic that went up said, oh, my God, I want to thank this family for some birthday cake. It was really good. We appreciate it, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> Billy gets up and goes, what the fuck was that cake? That was disgusting, you fucking scumbags. Wow. <laughs> and the family starts crying. They start crying. They start crying. Oh my God. He gets off stage, and three other comics have to go up after that. Uh, wow. Oh, man, he dug everyone in a hole. I've done... I've I've had to get out well, of that. That guy hates our cake. He hates our cake. He made him cry. <laughs> that that cake is the last thing our grandmother ever made. Yeah. <laughs> the whole family cried. Wow. It the whole wasn't family just, cried. It it wasn't the person that her. made the cake. The whole, wow. <laughs> the whole family cried. That was Nana's cake. Oh, it's so bad. That was Nana's cake. <laughs> that was Nana's cake. Nana's recipe. <laughs> Nana, who survived the Holocaust, <laughs> came over here. <laughs> survived, raised 10 kids on her own, had this cake, died at the last moment when he she pulled it out, put it on there, dropped dead. What, what possessed him to say this? He was an asshole. You fucking fat bastard. <laughs> he was a total yeah, dick. Well, that's what was, it was. Fuck funny. you and your cake. Oh, that was so <laughs> that's funny. He, he, he's the guy that secretly slept in the green room. I'm sure you heard that story, the infamous story. No. So he gets <laughs> he gets booked at the improv. Yeah. And he tricks the staff and tells them he's leaving and they go and check in the green room because they always check the green room to make sure everyone's gone or everyone's stuff is gone. And he's like, oh, I'm in the bathroom. They're like, all right, well, when you're done, just leave. So they thought he snuck out the back. The cleaning people came in the comedy club the next day and said, who the fuck is this white dude sleeping on a couch? <laughs> <laughs> it was him. He spent the night in the green room, but he knew uh -huh. the, he knew the sensors would go off, so he didn't leave the room. <laughs> wow, that's he, impressive. He, got, he got all his food. That's very impressive <laughs> to sleep in a green room of a club of a comedy club. If you ain't got no house, what, I mean, and you're booked for the weekend, why not? He used to live. <laughs> he would live with his ex-wife in in her basement. He was one time at the he improv. Knew this guy too. Yeah. yeah, he would come into the improv and ask people for their MC spot for the weekend. Like, come on, bro, just I, I need some money just to can I MC for the weekend. And then if they wouldn't get one, no one would. You know, I'm not going to hand you five shows. You know, for like whatever you make on it. Yeah. And then he would ask for their meal. Well, can I just have your meal? And I saw one yeah. guy give. Him, okay, you can have my meal money. And he got like five orders. 
was a chicken finger. <laughs> Since yeah. he starts going to town, he would spend like fifty bucks. That was yeah. you know, five orders. Is that the guy who like uh, they stopped like because he because uh, he would like pretty, he'd be I like oh I get a free meal so he like ordered like ten meals yeah, just to yeah, take with yeah, him and he, take yeah yeah he's the reason Sheets has the maid to order where you got to pay first <laughs> <I'm so laughs> he sad. would go in Sheets and get all the food and leave I'm so sad I missed him <laughs> I, I can't believe you never met I, this I, guy I, I did, don't oh. no the name didn't I don't remember him oh man he was he was classic he passed uh, away yeah he did pass yeah. away well god yeah. rest his soul yeah god rest his soul but hope he's getting yeah. a meal and he can sleep <laughs> in a nice green room in heaven yeah it's legend lives laugh. on we're talking about him right now we're talking about him today so he, he good, did right? have a funny joke that one of his like best jokes was yeah uh he would ask for directions and he'd go hey can you tell me how to get the 279 and then the guy said, yeah, lose some fucking weight. <laughs> <laughs> that was his best one. That's, That's a his great best fucking joke. It is a great joke. I can't believe no one stole that. <laughs> <You> <laughs> that we did do. You can so have it did. now. Did yeah. Billy he does do write cover that jokes. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. supposedly wrote that? Yeah, supposedly he wrote that. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it does sound like stock. <laughs> well, it well, does. Wonder, like, if he wrote it, it sounds too clever. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else he has is really. It's a funny joke. It's a funny joke, right? That's when an angry joke. fat guy tells it, it that it really kicks good. In. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. that's a great line. Mm-hmm. I got. Oh man, I'm so mad. I missed them. Oh yeah, you missed. Uh, I'll, we'll have to talk about talk. the chronicles. Yeah, later. I was awesome. so fat at one point. I would have to have made it. Can I get to three seventy six? Mike was already thinking of working the joke. <laughs> oh man, that was a fun fun show today, guys. Uh, well, we did get serious for a little bit. I <laughs> Not too serious, but you know what? Not too serious. That's how you grow we as a human ourselves. being. That's mm-hmm. what we're trying to do. This is a show. About, this is a show about. There's no restrictions. There is here. no restrictions. You never know what we're going to hear. You never know. You may hear unions. You may hear porn. You don't know. You when, heard both. You, you heard both today. <laughs> and this is why we love you for listening. <laughs> exactly. We Absolutely. We have the greatest listeners. We love it. We love it. We're going to be doing it. We're going to pick out a live show soon. We haven't done that podcast live. We're going to do something in January. We we'll find a place. So get ready. We'll announce it. Soon we're gonna get a place. We did a, a show at the wine bar last year. We're gonna do something like that this year. Get get the gang out and get down and dirty with no restrictions. Huh? And check us out weekdays on Q ninety two nine FM Q Morning Show. It's Jim Cren. No restrictions. Hey everybody, it's Jim Cren of Jim Cren No Restrictions. I just wanted to take the time out to thank you for listening to the show. We have a little over 100,000 subscribers now, every week listening to the show. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or JimCran.com and subscribe today. And thanks again. If your business, whether large or small, is in need of commercial collections, choose PrimeCore Group. PrimeCore Group is a Pittsburgh-based corporate collections agency. Now, if your business is owed money... PrimeCore Group is there to help you. On a contingency basis only, PrimeCore Group will recover what is owed to you in a professional and trusted manner. Contact PrimeCore Group today by going to primecoregroup.com.